Welcome back to the Bodacast with me, your host, Daniel Sabota. This is the podcast where we believe only God is worthy of any reverence, our methods must be questioned, and worship pastors should also be able to laugh at themselves and the bad habits we frequently get ourselves into. This episode follows along the article of the same name over at danielsabota.com. And hey, if you've listened this far uh, into episode four and want to get these articles delivered as soon as they're released, sign up for the email list. This is the best way to get new content directly to you. Some podcasts call this the show notes, where maybe there's a point you want to remember, but you don't listen to your podcasts with a pen and paper. Uh, Of course, you can check out all the articles over at danielsabota.com. But you can also get them in your inbox by signing up for the email list right now over at the site. Like I said, this is episode four, The Casualties of Spontaneous Worship. And I want to open this episode with a very clear disclaimer. I am not opposed to spontaneous worship. I have seen firsthand the power of an unplanned chorus that was exactly what God wanted to say in exactly the right setting. Some of the best worship moments are the bonus content, you know, what happens after the song map is finished. So again, this episode is not to argue against all spontaneous worship. I am opposed, however, to abusive spontaneous worship. And here's the kicker. I've been guilty of it. But through the years of being with bandmates, audio techs, lighting designers, this is one of the most frequent blind spots that worship leaders have. But it's time for worship leaders who have too much reverence for these spontaneous moments to question who are they actually serving, who might they actually be hurting. Coming from my spirit-filled background, I believe this is one of the most frequent blind spots that worship leaders have, uh, particularly uh, in my stream. And depending on your background, you may be wondering, what do you mean by spontaneous worship? What I'm talking about is when the worship leader goes off script. Some examples could be last minute changing uh, the song in the set. And I don't just mean the day of last minute. I've seen this happen backstage minutes before we walk out for the service, or changing it up between the 9 and the 11 o'clock services. Or maybe the worst of all, changing it right in the middle of the set. Now, before you hit stop and assume I'm advocating for rigid, down-to-the-second, unchanging, scripted worship sets, I'm not. I believe there is a place for well-executed, spontaneous worship that avoids the casualties. So, how do we know that this is a problem? Well, sit down and talk with any burned-out worship musician um, or production team member, particularly in the spirit-filled sphere, and you'll always hear this complaint. They'll say, it is so frustrating when the worship leader is always making last-minute changes. Does this mean spontaneous worship is always bad? No, of course not. I sincerely believe it is possible for everyone involved in producing a worship set to be prepared and, as a result, bought in and supportive of impactful, unscripted moments. The great tragedy is that too often, spontaneous moments are given no strategic thought. The best spontaneous moments are the ones that have been given thoughtful parameters, and even if there's great freedom within those parameters— Also remember that ministry moments don't have to be unplanned for them to be God-breathed and super impactful. I say it this way. Every paratrooper is skydiving at some point. 
But not all skydivers are paratroopers, right? There's a difference in the mission uh, and the tactical execution. In the same way, just because you have experienced a strong encounter in an unplanned worship moment, that does not mean spontaneity is a prerequisite for powerful encounters. Remember, just because it was unplanned by man, that does not mean it was planned by God. I'll say it again. Just because it was unplanned by man, that does not mean it was planned by God. You can find someone's idols really quickly by the way they respond when you suggest that something they like might not be good. You know, that person who's really into a certain personality test suggests, hey, what if that's actually not helpful? When they become immediately defensive, now it's the greatest thing ever! you'll find that might be an idol. In the same way, what if we took a moment to set aside our preferences, biases, assumptions, and gut reactions to ask, what if the way I lead spontaneous worship moments could be hurting people? So here are the three casualties of abusive, spontaneous worship. The first casualty, your band. Take it from someone who has spent a lot of time in the musician role. There are a few things more frustrating than when the worship leader is lost in worship, but the band is just lost. When changes are thrust upon the team without communication, it dishonors the time that these musos spend practicing at home, and it thwarts the efforts of rehearsal when the team was working together to refine the holistic sound for each moment. Look, team tension is inevitable when the set is finished and the worship leader says something like, wasn't that great? Totally unplanned. Meanwhile, your band is hot with frustration. Take it from someone with experience on both sides. The ego stroke that a worship leader can get from, quote, pulling it off is not worth the backlash that comes for your band if they had no way to prepare for that spontaneous moment. But this casualty can be fixed. And ironically, the solution is all about preparation. The worst way to introduce a spontaneous moment is to spring it on your band with no prior communication about where it might appear, how it might happen. Look, suddenly veering off the song map is not spiritual. It's selfish. Don't be like I was. I thought that Throwing a total impromptu worship moment was the sign of the Holy Spirit moving. Now, don't be like me, who then would walk off stage feeling great, patting myself on the back for pulling it off, uh, you know, really being able to pull off that worship moment that I sprung on the band. What that leader often misses is the discouragement of a band that did not perform their best because they had no preparation. This discouragement has a way of deteriorating into resentment. Uh, apathy toward any preparation. After all, why prepare if it's just going to change anyway? And ultimately, active anger in future worship pop quiz moments. Clean hands, pure hearts, plus a band that's ready to kill you. That is not a winning recipe for spontaneous worship. The second casualty of spontaneous worship, your production team. Hey, if you think the band has negative feelings about on-the-fly changes, 
That is nothing compared to the resentment that too many production team members have for their free-flying worship leaders. But your black shirt crew can get on board if you help them prepare with options. The key is not just communication, but giving a reasonable amount of time for them to be prepared to respond to multiple paths. You may be asking, what's a reasonable amount of time? A few minutes? Think again. A couple hours? No, no, no. A day or more? Probably a good start there. Days, that is so much better than hours. And if you are doing this with minutes, you're due for a change. So, for an example, take lighting design. Without any extra communication, your lighting designer might assume that you're just going to follow the song map exactly as it is in the MP3 on Planning Center. And so here's what a lighting designer does. He'll program the cues linearly, which means verse 1, then chorus, then verse 2, chorus 2, bridge 1, bridge 2, big chorus, and the ending. Isn't that funny? That's every worship song. So he may even meticulously program that build up and the break and the two-part crash into that last big chorus. So how do you think that designer feels when the band is flying around the song map, conveniently avoiding the moments uh, that he spent extra time crafting cues for? Mm, Not very good. So what's the solution? Only ever do exactly what the recording lays out? Of course not. There are alternative programming methods that he can have, but your communication beforehand is the key to his preparation. Like I said, beforehand is not in soundcheck right before the service. We got to think days, not hours. And with the right communication, your designer can have busking options for on-the-fly programming or like six general intensity levels to go between. And he will definitely not feel like you wasted his programming time because he'll know ahead of time not to get into the nitty gritty details of the moment. Now, if you know lighting designers like I do, you'll know they'll probably program those moments anyway, just in case. But the difference is expectation. If they're expecting the song to be linear and it's very loose, That will create a very different feeling than if they come in knowing it's going to be loose and they have those moments programmed just in case they happen. That communication is so key. And so don't be afraid to get specific. You could say something as literal as this. Hey, lighting designer. This is in a text, by the way, days ahead of time. We'll be following the song map until the ending and then we're going to take five minutes to flow afterward. We might keep it low the whole time, but it's possible we go back into a big bridge, a big chorus, that sort of thing. Send. A text like that can save your relationship with your production team. Again, sent far ahead of time. Remember, ultimately, your production crew wants to work alongside you to best communicate the message, the mood, and the moment of your worship set. Not considering them as essential to your delivery is fighting with one hand tied behind your back. While we're on that metaphor, it's asking them to fight with both hands tied behind their back, and they're going to be the ones taking the punches while you're having a great time lost in worship. The third casualty of spontaneous worship that we're talking about today is 
your church. Again, abusive, spontaneous worship often has the worship leader lost in worship, while the rest of the church is just lost. Maybe you had an amazing moment after a song one time months ago, but just because that moment was amazing, you don't have to mine for gold after every single song. Instead of just winging it like someone who hasn't figured out how to end a speech, have something concrete to use as a jump-off point. You ever been in that speech where someone's talking, maybe it's a worship leader on stage, and they're having a little bit of an exhortation moment, and they're just talking, and they realize they didn't figure out how they're going to wrap up this moment. So they just keep talking, and they run in circles around the same thing they said again and again, and they're just not sure how they're going to get to it, until suddenly an amen flies out of it and just pops into the next section. Right. So don't let your spontaneous moments be like that. Have a jump-off point. Maybe the song inspired a thoughtful line at home that would be meaningful for your church in this season. Have that ready to go. Or perhaps have a scripture verse to unpack something that could bring fresh perspective to the lyrics of that chorus in a reprise. Um, I like to go onto the either CCLI website, Worship Together has these. You can see the scriptures behind the songs. That often gives a nice place to unpack so that when you come into that chorus, you bring it back, people hear the words in a different way, especially if it's a song that your church is really well-versed in. Notice that options like either of these require preparation. That is the word of the day for this episode. Preparation. If your strategy is just to stir it up in the green room, jump on the stage and hope for the best, You do not get to blame God for your awkward, unprepared, spontaneous moment. A note on preparation, Jonathan David Helser, the Mac Daddy of spontaneous worship moments, you know him, he's no longer a slave to sin. He says this, spontaneity is the reward of preparation. Most of the best recorded spontaneous moments you hear are the fruit of hours of honing the needed roots for such moments. A note on theology, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's true. And just because you made it up on the spot, it definitely doesn't mean it automatically lines up with biblical truths. It might not be heretical, but it also might not be helpful. The words we sing on a weekend service impact people's view of God. And frequently, spontaneous moments are a line chanted over and over and over. So let's be sure that as worship leaders, we feel the weight of that responsibility when it comes to what we're embedding into our people's hearts and minds. And when you do have good preparation and you endeavor into a spontaneous moment, it's okay if it doesn't work. Your people will probably give you grace if you spend a minute trying to unpack a moment and then move on. But that grace will dry up fast if every Sunday you're wasting time hanging out on the one, forcing the moment, mm, just chanting, ooh, we worship you, sing out your own song. Here's a hint. If you're constantly going for that and their own songs aren't being sung, it's not working. It might not be happening for your people because A, they're not being led that direction by the teaching of your pastors. B, Your gifting as a leader is not strong for that type of moment. Or C, it's just not happening with this song on this day. And that's okay. 
if you're dead set on it, I would recommend diagnosing the problems starting in that order. Have an offline conversation with your pastor. Ask him, hey, is is this a direction you're wanting from the church? Because they may say, no, that's not really a value for it. And you'll probably think back in your mind and remember, that's true. They never teach on anything like this. And in fact, they look a little bit pissed off on the front row every time we go into something like this. Take the hint. Or your gifting as a worship leader is not strong for that type of spontaneous moment. That's okay. We're all members of the body. We all have different functions. Your function might not be the same function as Jonathan David Helser. Or C, it's not happening with this song on this day. You might really feel it beforehand, and then you get in that moment, and it just doesn't fit. That's okay. That's like trying to try something on in the morning, you know, and how fit, and you look in the mirror and you say, uh, it's just not working out today. Don't go out in public, and don't take that spontaneous worship moment public if it's not working out that day. So what can be done to avoid these casualties? Here's just a few simple ways to prepare for the spontaneous. Back at ORU, we used to do this breakout session called Prepared for the Spontaneous. And so here's a couple bullet points from that. The first, let your band and production team know the designated times you're going to fly without a plan. Now, I found that either right before the song map starts or right after it ends, those are great opportunities. What this could look like is you have the playback app just looping the pad before the song starts. You can share something. You could you know, go for a line that you think would speak to your church that moment, and then give a little nod to your MD. They hit play, you go into the song. Or do it at the end, <laughs> you know, big chorus, ending, and then just say, hey, we're going to hold tonic here, band, and then have your moment right there. Number two, have scriptures that back up the song memorized and ready to draw from. This will help not just your spontaneous moments, but will also help you minister the songs as well, because you'll have those Bible verses rocking and rolling on the inside of you before you communicate the song. We all can tell the difference, right, between someone who gets on stage and they're just reciting the lyrics or someone who's actually communicating it. Number three, Practice free-flowing by yourself and work through some possible paths you could travel. The spontaneous moments that you hear on albums are usually like one of four different ways that they have tried it before, and that's the one that has the most life on it. I found that it is so helpful to have someone with a solid theological background have them double-check any lines you've sketched for red flags, theological or biblical inaccuracies, just shoot them to them ahead of time and say, hey, here's a few lines that I've been riffing on for a song on Sunday. You see any red flags with that? And having multiple options is also great in case your first choice falls flat in the moment. You're like, okay, I'm going to go into this line when the song is done and it just isn't working. You can try another one as well, but also have that uh, sort of inside to know if it's the lines that are wrong or just that moment that isn't right. And spend as much time or more preparing for these moments as you do the rest of the song. I think it is so funny that 
Worship leaders will go on and on about excellence, excellence. We want to make sure that we're prepared to perfectly replicate the CDs, but they don't put any preparation into the moments that are off of the song map. And finally, number four, don't force the moments. If the song already effectively communicated the message, there's no need to rehash it and and beat a dead horse. It's like repeating the punchline of a great joke over and over. If it worked the first time, don't spoil it by running it into the ground. And like we've said many times, if a spontaneous moment isn't working, move on. And definitely, for the love of God, do not scold your congregation for not entering in to your failure. Remember, the goal of corporate worship is to minister to God and draw people into His presence. The goal is not stroking your own ego by how people responded or how good you felt about the moment afterward. The castle of your ego's self-indulgence may be built on the casualties of spontaneous worship. Well, hey, that's it for today's episode. I hope you found this content helpful, and if you did find it helpful and want more, I would encourage you to sign up for the email list that's over at danielsubota.com. When you're there, just click that you want to get these articles delivered right to your inbox, and you can receive them directly by signing up. And again, all of these articles are already there on danielsobota.com. So if you were interested in something I said or want to look back on the notes, they're there in article form and you can catch those anytime. If you're not already, go ahead and click follow on this podcast and you'll get notified each time there's a new episode every month. That's it for today. And I hope you have a great day.